You're like so f gay. <laughs> hey, sexual deviants. <sighs> and all you sexual deviant posers. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shoebies. What? Shoebies? You never What's heard that a term? Shoebie. Did you no. never watch Rocket Power growing up? Oh, yeah. That was like a really formative television show for me. That makes so much sense with your hair. I cut my hair. It's still flowy. It is. She gave me a, like, I told her I went in, I was like, look, I've been growing my hair all quarantine and I'm really enjoying having it long because I usually will cut it pretty short, relatively. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to keep it long, but like cleaner or something I can like do interviews with. Um, and she gave me the like quintessential lesbian cuts her long hair short for the first time cut and i'm not like upset about it <laughs> like i actually really like it so shout out to the lesbians you guys are making some points uh, yeah. they know what they're doing <laughs> they do more than we do so yeah all that to say I kinda, so much more than we do <laughs> i kind of look like ellen degeneres in the in the 90s but oh my god you're in the you're in that hollywood talk show world any updates on ellen degeneres no okay <laughs> nope period nothing nada i watched her monologue the day that she came back in like late september and that's it was it like was she addressing the allegations i mean she was like quote unquote addressing the allegations but her addressing the allegations was being like i'm learning like i'm just growing as a person so I'm like <laughs> sounds really genuine and sincere not my place to comment on it but I yeah. was just kind of like eh, I was hoping it would have been a little better yeah here's a conversation that I do want to have that I think we can record about I'm I know you saw it but for anybody who didn't see yesterday well I guess two days ago now um mm. the hashtag proud boys was trending and making the rounds but it wasn't the white supremacist group that was using it it was gay the men white gays <laughs> yeah i mean of course you know there were some like non there were some black and people of color posting pictures too but for the most part everything that i saw was white gays posting pictures with the hashtag proud boys um yeah yeah Aaron, what are your thoughts on that whole quote-unquote moot i don't even know what you call it <laughs> um active choice yeah it, it's definitely a choice it was a choice for all of these gay men to start using the hashtag proud boys and like i just i understand where the thought came in but it was also one of those things where i was just kind of like you like i, I get why they're like oh like let we're proud and we're boys so it's like it fits and i could see how like in i could see how people would be like yeah like let's do this but i, I just like i i don't understand how anyone was just like this is a great idea could completely ignore all the like weirdness around it and just thought that this was like so appropriate and like so empowering to do that personally what I was trying to articulate but literally could not get the words out is that it just reminds me of, like, 
a type of activism that I would have done when I was like 14 where something sounds good but you don't really understand what you're talking about and you don't really understand the repercussions of it and you like think that you're doing something good but in reality it's just kind of like a little tasteless and like you don't really know the whole story about what's going on so yeah that's that's the thought that was like in my mind that I like could not articulate I was just kind of like come on yeah, I agree. I don't um, know. Like, I, I would feel unbelievably uncomfortable. Like, I feel like it's not the same thing because people were talking about like reclaiming the term, but it's like mm-hmm. it's not like it's a, a term that homophobic. I mean, they are homophobic, but like it's not like a term or a word that like needs reclaiming. It's like this is white supremacy, and it's not something that is used other than for hate. I don't know. I, I'm not explaining it super well, just cause it's like, I don't know why you would want to associate with that term period. Well, exactly. It was just tasteless. Like I was like, I understand where the, the intent is coming from, but you're ignoring literally every other aspect of it. And right. It's just like, why did, why would you ever want that associated with yourself? And like, what are you actually gaining from it? totally like you're rubbing your homosexuality into the like alt-right's nose like congratulations does that really make you feel any better like i was like come on and it's like a on on facebook and instagram like you couldn't even click on the hashtag and like scroll through posts that had used it so it was like what's the point of even Mm -hmm. using it there and then b on twitter i like even if you like search proud boys or click on the hashtag it's still like was plenty of like people talking about the white supremacist group so like it didn't even work first of all yeah i'm like struggling to come up with a comparison right of like what it reminds me of there are things on like the tip of my tongue but i just like can't even formulate like what it's making what it feels like yeah it just I, i think i think what rubbed me so poorly about it um and somebody did kind of disagree with this thought and i'll talk about what they said i had a i had a really great conversation with somebody about it actually Um, but I felt like it was just like performative and a vanity project. It was just an excuse to post a selfie when it's all said and done there. They didn't actually do anything to like try to combat white supremacy and it isn't doing anything to like actually harm or like to take down the proud boys or to like dismantle them whatever safe space like nothing (laughs) right and so someone responded to that idea and was like you know like if we're online and like sometimes just like standing in your um in your values is important i was like you know what yeah i do agree that like proclaiming your values is a very important thing but this isn't the same as that like posting a picture of yourself saying like fuck white supremacy hashtag proud boys is like okay well obviously we should be anti-white supremacy i feel like that's not the same as like well what you're saying now just reminds me unfortunately of like whenever a tragedy happens and someone will put up like a fucking selfie or them like out to brunch and they're like oh my god like thinking of like the first thing that comes to my mind is like the fact that you know like brianna taylor was turned into a hashtag and like yeah. whenever there's a tragedy in like a different country people will post like a picture of when they were like visiting there and they're like oh my god like my thoughts and prayers are like with barcelona and yes like i've been there and done that but i've like learned now that it's just like that is in poor taste 
Yes. We need to enter into a realm now where we think a little bit more critically about what we put online and what it says about us and what it says about mm. us as a society. And eh, just like yeah. everything that you put on is a choice. <laughs> totally. And I think that the the person I had that really great conversation about it with also said that, you know, it's this isn't as bad as other things and we shouldn't like gatekeep the progressive movement in order mm-hmm. to like make people feel alienated from it. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, actively standing against white, pro- white supremacy doesn't make you a progressive. That just the bar makes is you in the basement. <laughs> yeah. The bar just doesn't even exist in that case. But second of all, um, I think it's really important to continually analyze and be critical of any sort of, you know, common statements or common or communal, movement or action because if we just if we continue to support and do these like performative things that don't actually amount to anything but we don't want but we allow them to happen because we don't want to gatekeep the 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 movement then nothing's gonna ever get done so i think if you can look at it and be like hey actually like maybe instead of doing this we find a way to take down the hashtag but it's not a vanity project and we're not just posting pictures of ourselves and we're actually doing something to take to dismantle proud boys and be and have like a a good conversation about that and be able to say like this actually isn't helping in the way that we think it is but like how can we you know what what about this is not working so that we know next time when something trendy like this happens we can make it actually do something good i think there's a lot of thoughts about that i i'm very curious to hear what people have to think about this um whether you agree or disagree with me or agree or disagree with aaron i i am very curious to hear other people's thoughts i posted a i posted a story with a meme that was like maybe a little more aggressive than i I needed to be but i basically was just like can someone can any of the gays posting this please explain to me like why this is a good idea because I'm really not convinced. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think I had got as many people wanting to engage in conversation as I could have. But anyway, what is new with you? I'm a tired bitch. <laughs> just like really, this is the most Mondayest Monday I've had in, in 17 months. Like, really? <laughs> I'm just so unbelievably exhausted from life. Yeah, I don't know. It was a really fun weekend. I was celebrating a friend's birthday all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Safely uh, though, Dan. I I saw your uh I saw your snaps. I appreciated the measures you guys were taking to keep it safe. I mean, yeah, we had like a dinner at his Airbnb um with like the the, the crew, which was super nice, and then um we spent the day on like uh, a hotel rooftop in like a secluded little corner. Oh my gosh. It was just very it was very nice. It was very needed, but you know, I'm just like zonked. Going back to work has been exhausting, and the constant unwavering amount of like other projects going on is also just like exhausting. But I can only well, I was gonna say I can only imagine, but I, <laughs> I know I know firsthand how exhausting everything else in life is. So we're yeah. we're doing a great job, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just super excited for you to be done with the stuff that you're working on, mostly because I really want to watch it and I want to see it. 
Like, yeah. That's reason number one. Reason number two is because, like, you might have a bit of respite and, like, get to catch up on sleep and whatnot, but... I feel like it'll just turn into something else afterwards, which will be good. Like, I'm very excited about it. It's just... Yeah. It's Do you think you're lot. coming to the end of any of these projects? Yeah. So the OnlyFans documentary that I'm working <gasps> on with Shelby is going to be done. It's not you... a secret. We've announced it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I talked about it in the episode that we did with Gray. But... I don't remember if I said it in the episode. But, yeah, the OnlyFans documentary that I've been working on with Shelby, she has jaw surgery on the 16th, so we are aiming to be done filming everything by the 16th, except for, like, maybe a few more Zoom interviews. Mm -hmm. And then we want to have it edited by, like, the end of October, I think. Wow. Yeah. Just in time for Halloween? Yeah, some... Just I don't know. <laughs> I don't try to think of a connection between OnlyFans and Halloween and maybe this is why we're not influencers. Why? I don't know. We're not quick witted enough, maybe? I'd like to think that normally I'm quick witted enough, but I literally cannot even like I'm like struggling to keep my eyes open today. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty quick witted around like my parents and my like and like their friends for some reason. I don't know. Something about the older generations, they find me funny. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I don't really know what to do with that, but... Happy for you, though, that you found your niche. Matt only does comedy shows for ages 55 and up. Maybe that's why I love the Golden Girls so much. You're such a cliche. I know. I really am. (laughs) I really am. I was watching the Golden Girls with my mom, like, two or three months ago. And I, like, was just on my phone during the intro and, like, didn't realize that I just, like, very loudly sang along to the entire theme song, like, knowing all the words. And when it was all said and done, my mom was just looking at me like, did I really, what did I do to have such a gay fucking son? <laughs> oh, you know what? Actually, when we, t- when we were talking about the, the Proud Boys hashtag, I was like, oh, this is a great way to segue into the interview. How perfect. Talking about activism. And we can segue that right into the interview because it's like on the same vein. Um, but I never shared that with you, um, nor did I make that segue. So I'm just going to tell you about it now. Okay, cool. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so for today, It's today's... never too late for a segue, right? Never. Uh-huh. It's a callback segue. So today's interview is with Madison. Madison. I hope you guys enjoy this interview as much as we did. Mm-hmm. Aaron, any last thoughts? If you, if you enjoyed the, that interview, just go spread some love to Madison on all her socials. She's fantastic. And you will not regret just kind of like being in her sphere of positivity. Yeah. And then also, if you enjoy, if you're, if you guys have like been loving the podcast, if you could do us a solid and, like, share it with a friend or two or, like, your mom or, like, your mm-hmm. cool aunt, we got to spread the love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. Enjoy the interview. Like, comment, subscribe. Rate us five stars. <laughs> subscribe to our OnlyFans. It, that's what you should call the documentary. Subscribe to my OnlyFans? Yeah. Link in bio. <laughs> whatever we can have this branding meeting after the after the interview um bye everyone <laughs> enjoy this sponsored ad love you bye
are you? Hi. We are joined today by Madison. Yay. Hi, Madison. Hello. I'm I Madison. love your shirt, too. Thank you. Yes, it's like trans rights, tie-dye, my nails match it, so I'm really excited Oh, my about gosh. <laughs> yes. Queen. Um, <laughs> how are you? I'm so happy to be here. Well, how are right. you is the real question. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Um, you know, getting through quarantine as best I can, although I know people are out, but, you know, still pandemic. Um, anxiously waiting for the next presidential debate because the last one was a mess. Um, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> literally. It was so stressful. So stressful. And, like, obviously we're voting for Biden, but, like, neither of them really... Like, I, I don't know if I love Sold both you. of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, like, I, I hate Biden less, so I'm voting for him, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 The unfortunate state of America, for sure. I know, but, you know yeah, what? Yeah, my boyfriend and I decided to, instead of watching the debate, because it was just going to make us upset, we watched, um, we watched The Village. <laughs> Oh my God. From 2004. We were like, if we have to live in this country, we're at least going to pretend that we're in a little disconnected commune in the middle of the woods. Oh <laughs> like, honestly, I've never That's seen nice. that. But I feel like the best way to like disconnect is to go into some like show like that where you feel like you're in a whole different world, mm-hmm. like fantasy world. That always feels better. I'm trying to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Happy place. Happy place. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I would say that the village is my happy place, but it definitely is that the scary movie where they like wear the nun costumes. Isn't it? No, but they do wear these kind of weird robes, like that are colors, um, and they have these like creatures that live in the woods, or so they say. Mm. So they don't go into the woods; they stay in their valley. I recommend it if you haven't seen it. It came out in like two thousand four, I think. Is it on Netflix? I think it's on um, either <coughs> Hulu or Amazon Prime, okay, but great. it's like Loki got a star. Yeah, it's like Loki got a very star-studded cast. Like Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. Jesse Eisenberg makes an appearance. Bryce oh Dallas God. Howard, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Cute. Adding that to my pandemic t- like TV show list, I feel like I, it's like growing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also like, Amazing. I've been finding that like social media has been a good like outlet for me during this time so that's been like fun to at least connect with people in like some way you know yeah 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 so really quickly for everyone listening can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself like who yeah are you? so Your i'm bio? madison <laughs> i'm 23 uh <laughs> i'm from la but i went to school in new york actually which is where i came out as a trans woman at 18 um and i met like my whole queer family and like i really developed myself there and then i moved back to la like almost two years ago which is kind of crazy but yeah um so i am definitely an la girl my friends always make fun of me for being the valley girl of the group but (laughs) it is what it is honestly i own it (laughs) um and yeah i don't know i feel like I'm definitely someone who just loves trying to own who you are, you know? Like, that's always my my message. And, and like, in everything I do, I feel like. So, yeah. Awesome. 
I love that. Where'd you go to school in New York? Uh, NYU. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I... What'd you study? I studied social and cultural analysis, which is kind of, like... I kind of fell into that, but it was my favorite, like, thing to study because I... I'm just so interested in people and how people, like, connect with each other. Um, And I feel like also when I was in New York, that's when I joined, like, my cousin Adam's um, organization called Voices For and, like, learning how to, like, connect with other queer people was also so important to me. Um, And just, like, I don't know, I felt like in order to create myself, I had to connect with other queer people and learn from them, too. And that's why I kind of wanted to study that in school as well so what can you tell us a little bit about that organization I don't I don't think I've heard of it no so my so actually my cousin Adam um Adam Eli on Instagram he is an activist and he um started this march for you know queer um issues happening in Chechnya uh and it started as a march called Voices for Chechnya and so we all met at Stonewall Inn in New York and we marched to um around Midtown and then from there it just went into its own organization so we dropped the Chechnya and just kept the Voices for so Voices for anywhere that needs help um for queer people and we would meet every week um at the LGBT center in Chelsea um and that's literally where, yeah, I developed myself. I met all my friends who are still my closest friends and family today. Um, they're still doing incredible things. I'm always, like, repping them in some way, like, wearing their pin or, like, something. Um, Amazing. She, yeah, it's just, like, a that's cute awesome. little family to me, so. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. I also definitely agree. I feel like finding your self definitely comes a lot through building that community and finding like learning from the queer people around you. I know that that was really important for me as well. Oh, really? Wait, I want to learn more about that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, sorry so, like Matt to and I went to college but I'm together. Looking, I've, I was just going to say, I've totally <laughs> seen your cousin on social media before. That's oh, funny. really? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's he, all. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like my... Actually, yeah. yeah, I know one of my friends too was... I don't know if he's friends with Adam or like but I know he was part of the organization as well oh so you've heard of it too oh my god yes I've heard of it a little bit yay oh my god yeah my yeah. my cousin because we're both from New York too oh wait you're from Sorry. New York girl we I need to meet you in person one day because I feel like we have a lot to talk about <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> definitely yeah um but yeah like my cousin Adam he is such an icon not just I feel like in what he's doing, but in my life and in my world, I feel like he's shown me so much and I definitely would not be the person I am today without him. Even growing up, like I came out as gay when I was in eighth grade. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I obviously, since Adam was my cousin, uh, he was always around me and always this sort of like queer energy, even when he wasn't out yet. And I think, you know, he definitely like, inspired some confidence in me even at that young age to like come out and just start exploring who I was you know that's awesome totally yeah um and we're still like the dynamic duo like these days too like I just always love doing projects with him and stuff so 
Yeah. Oh, that makes awesome. me so happy. Thanks. <laughs> me too. Is he much older than you are? Oh my gosh, yeah, actually. He's um, in his 30s now. So he just turned 30 actually a couple okay. days ago. So that must have been really cool having like someone who, even when they weren't, if they, even if he wasn't necessarily like, I'm gay, but like having someone in the family who you kind of like could look up to, like that queer energy. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah. I remember like whenever we were on family vacations, he would like say, Oh my God, let's do like a photo shoot. And we would like put on like his mesh shirt and like, you know what I mean? Like it was just, he introduced me to Mean Girls and Clueless. He was like, Oh my God these like uh, female god's work. Le- uh, god's work like i was literally so young when <laughs> he was like you have to see this and it just changed my life like <laughs> yeah he like he sort of he always guides me in the right direction um with anything queer or even in life um even when he doesn't know it i feel like um and you know he just helps me learn more about myself every day um same with you know the other queer people in my life who are like my chosen family i mean matt um actually this Mm. wall in my room is like dedicated to my queer friends artwork yeah so like this this is (laughs) one that's like feminism without trans people is not feminism and then um Mm, you know true right period jk rowling i've never i don't know what she's done (laughs) i've heard that name before um but you know i have hunter and nick and like yeah um i feel like my i like to fill my space with those with that energy of just the people who have like supported me to where i am right now Mm -hmm. it's really important to me for sure so that's awesome so it must have been even not just like figuring out life and stuff like that like even when you were like coming out having that older energy or having that energy from Adam must have made the coming out process to your family like a, at least a little bit easier did yeah. it? Yeah, yeah it did actually so when I came out as gay in 8th grade uh, my parents had already sort of you know divorced and so there was split time between the two at that point so I had to come out to both like my mom and my dad separately like not in one room um, and Actually, it's like funny the way I came out because I came out on social media, on Facebook. I was just like, you know what? Like everyone's bullying me. Like they think they know I'm gay. Like I'm just gonna do it myself before like anyone else can. Um, And then once I did that, like, um, which, you know, obviously Adam's energy helped me do. Like I, like my parents already kind of heard about it because I like blasted it to people. I was like, oh fuck, like I kind of ruined that moment, didn't I? Um, (laughs) um, But like, yeah. And then actually from there, after my parents divorced, I have two dads now, which has been really incredible. Like my dad remarried to a guy. Um, Yeah, so that has been really incredible. I think it's interesting though, because you know, when I came out as trans, like, to two gay dads, you'd think, like, smooth sailing, like, everything. But actually, you know, as parents, when your kid comes out as trans, like, the way that really impacts the family dynamic and and how they see you, they really took it more personally. So it was definitely, like, a, a road to help them, you know, integrate my new identity into the family. So, um... It's definitely interesting, like, being able to see the difference between coming out as gay and coming out as trans, for sure. 
Yeah. Can you talk on that a little bit? Because I'm really interested in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, when I was so young, coming out as gay, like, everyone thought they knew and like you know I just did it and then the next day it was interesting how like they immediately switched from bullying me about it to like being like oh my gosh like we're so proud of you like all of that <laughs> I know oh my God, um me. <laughs> I know um but then when I came out as trans like I actually came out as trans kind of in the same way um except I did it more widely because at that point Instagram had become a thing um so I came out on Instagram uh, just changed all my usernames um, and kind of in the same way where I was in New York and these, you know, strangers were walking around the city. They saw me with my little short hair and my like long nails and like a little bit of makeup. They were like, oh my gosh, like, what is this? And they were just like giving me looks. <laughs> what, what are you? <laughs> Literally, they were like this, like I've never seen this before. Like, okay. Um, but you know, that also inspired me to come out in that moment too. So, um, I did it on social media in the same way so that I could own it before anyone else could. And then after I came out as trans, like no one was expecting it. Um, which was really interesting to me. The only people who expected it, I guess, were ones who I either told previously, of course, or ones who had sort of seen my, um, experimentation with gender along the way. Um, a way that I really like to view my coming out is more of like, as I was growing as a person, you know, emotionally and in and, and maturity, I also, like that's when my trans identity sort of, sort of started to like unpack itself. So every time mm. I experienced something new that really impacted me, I noticed that like, you know, I would have moments where, oh my gosh, actually, I'm noticing that I do like to wear girls' clothes instead of boys' clothes. What does that mean? And it was interesting how those two sort of, like, were hand-in-hand with each other. Um, So I definitely view my coming out as trans as, like, a story of becoming rather than, like, revealing to other people, if that makes sense. Um, So totally. So did did you come out... And felt like, I guess, I'm trying to think like the best way to phrase this, but I guess you, yeah. you did kind of say like you, you came out while you were still like in the process of understanding what your transness meant to you mm-hmm. and still figuring that out. So what is it, has it been odd to kind of like have already to be known as a trans woman, but still not have that f- still not have had that fully idea fully formed for yourself yet? Yeah. Um, I think like it's, it's an interesting stigma in some ways where like, you know, once a trans person in general comes out, like people think, Oh, if you're female to male, like you want to be the most like masculine, like you already know that. And like all this and same for, trans women, it's like, oh, you want to be the most feminine, like hyper femininity is the way to go. Um, But I think what's great about transitioning for any trans person once you start is like, there's so much to learn, not just about yourself when you're transitioning, but even like physically what your style is um, and like everything, like even though you picture it in your head, like, oh, I, I like feminine things. Like sometimes trans people don't even know what those feminine things are. 
um, and they have to learn it mm-hmm. as they're transitioning, which I feel like is why it's called a transition too, is like it takes time to really settle into that. So um, it was definitely weird though, because I was like, well, I'm a girl, but like, how do I show that to other people in the way that feels best? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Totally. I mean, we have talked before, and I don't want to necessarily equate the experiences because they are two different things, but like, as like gay cis men, Aaron and I have talked about like there almost being kind of this idea of like a delayed adolescence where like we didn't mm. have certain experiences that other people did when they were younger. So like we kind of go through certain things later in life. Is that kind of what you're describing and that like that self-discovery that maybe some people had like in elementary middle school of like their own style you have to do kind of later in life or whenever it is that you decide to transition exactly completely it's definitely a delayed adolescence as well um it's interesting how like queer people have to sort of in their own ways like go through that based on the fact that like you know queer people's identities are so not heteronormative that like you have to then like find your new self based on mm-hmm. who you know you are. Um, and yeah, absolutely. I, I always joke like with my friends sometimes, I mean, now that it's been like almost five years that have come out, um, it's like, you know, I've had time to like go through that delayed adolescence a little bit. But when I was first starting out, I was like, you guys had like time to figure this out. Like for me, I'm like, so I want dresses or jeans, like, was one better than the other like how do I wear mascara although I know I want to wear mascara like it oh my gosh yeah Yeah, for sure um especially with hormones too in that sort of physical delayed adolescence it's like that's definitely a journey as well yeah and of course not all trans people go on hormones but I did and and it's been that was a journey to start hormones too like yeah so (laughs) I'm curious to hear about that as well because that's so about hormones? I don't feel like that's a talked about, yeah. And like, yeah. Tra- like I know it's a, a very personal choice to go on that, I'm sure. So just answer yeah. however you will and whatever you feel like talking about. Yeah, um, so I started And like hormone- no pressure to like divulge Yeah, no pressure whatever. to answer anything. Like, yeah, absolutely, it's whatever you wanna share. You no guys are the best. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I knew I wanted to be on hormones Um, when I came out, I think when I first came out, I was also struggling with, you know, this idea that, you know, if I come out as a trans woman, I also need the surgeries. I need everything. Like that's Mm. what trans women do. And it took me a while to realize that that wasn't the case. So when I came out, I was like, okay, hormones, step one. And so I started them and it was really affirming. I started them about three months after I came out. Um, and I got them really quickly, um, which, you know, is definitely, I think a privilege that I recognize all the time is that like being a white passing trans woman is like, I just gain access to a lot more medical things more quickly, which a lot of trans people Mm. in the community really don't. Um, but I got hormones quickly, um, and So when I started them, like, I remember the moment I took my first dose, it was literally like in a Starbucks because like they were just, you know, pills like anyone, no one would know what they were. 
Um, and so, like, even just the sort of placebo effect of, like, taking them felt affirming in the first place. Um, and then as I started in the first, like, couple weeks, I, like, that's when all my emotions, like, hormonally started to, like, shift. And, like, I would watch, like, Grey's Anatomy and I would be, like, running to my roommate's room sobbing like oh my god are you sure those were the hormones because (laughs) i'm not on hormones and it happens (laughs) i think like it probably i probably would have gotten really like like emotional (laughs) not on hormones but like the hormones made me like (laughs) sob and i started going into like my own problems to my roommate inventing and like i was like oh my god i've never done this before um and like after that sort of like initial turbulent time I started to sort to sort of like settle into my hormones and now I feel like I can't mm-hmm. live without them like I like now it's like I, I obviously don't know what other trans people's experiences specifically are with their hormone journey as they go along after that sort of turbulent period but like um for me I almost feel like I can tell like oh my gosh I forgot to take them like I feel it like it's it's so interesting how like it's become such an essential part of my life is taking these hormones and we take them for the rest of our lives. So that is so interesting. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. So you- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to figure out how to phrase this question without sounding stupid, but like, Oh my gosh, please. I've, I've had many stupid questions come my way. I'm sure it's not stupid. <laughs> Don't even worry. Yeah. What are some of the stupidest questions you've ever oh, Yeah, let's do that. Oh my, God. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Honestly, I try to block them out because I'm just like, you, yeah. like what? Um, yeah, I, I can't blame <laughs> you on that one. <laughs> um, I think like some of them have definitely had to do with what my body is like down there, what uh. I have or don't have for sure. And based on like, So, like, do you top or bottom? Like, how do you have sex? Things like that. And, like, um, also, you know, yeah, I guess more focused on that. But also, I've had more so comments rather than questions of, like, oh, you should Mm -hmm. wear that dress instead of those jeans. You'd look much better. Or, like, um, (laughs) you know, or, like, um, or just, like, are you ever going to get real boobs? Or just, like, things that are, like, so ignorant that I just, just immediate like... immediate objectification. Yeah, I'm just, like, I'm blocking you out. Like, I... Yeah. Um, so any, like, dumb questions I've definitely gotten used to. So it takes a lot for something to be dumb to me. Don't even worry. <laughs> 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 what was, like, the topic of your question? I'm so curious. Well, the... The bad way to phrase it was just going to be like, do you feel like a different person? But I would assume that that's kind of obvious because, you know, you've come into yourself. So like, because that's growth period. (laughs) Yeah. But I was just going to say, like, do you. Do you feel like taking hormones and like. That allowed you to that was like part of the step into becoming who you or like allowed you to like take that next step into like growing into like the next version of yourself. Like just like the medication by itself was able to have that kind of effect. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Because, um, there are moments as I was on hormones that, you know, I would notice the physical changes in my body that would then affirm how I felt. I was like, Oh my gosh, like I finally have, 
enough boob to like have a little bit of cleavage and now like I feel more feminine that way and so it's like interesting how like the medication can then like impact the way you see yourself um Mm -hmm. and it definitely like helped me not just explore my femininity more but settle into my femininity at the same time um yeah yeah like I definitely like just becoming more comfortable like because you know as we've talked about transitioning like and that even being like after you come out and starting that process being like a exploration of yourself um like taking those hormones like also sort of helped me get in touch with my own femininity and like familiarize myself with it in a way and like settle into it um yeah so um definitely thankful that I started those and also thankful that like as I've been on them I've realized like you know aside from hormones like what medically what would I want to do do I want surgery do I not like and as I've gone along like it's also been it's also helped me understand what I want medically in the future um just seeing the changes Mm -hmm. in my body so yeah yeah very cool you probably noticed my reaction but i really (laughs) liked the way yeah i really i'd never heard anyone talking or like the idea of like settling into your femininity or Mm. that i mean i definitely have to like sit with that and like think about it a little more but i really i mean my immediate reaction was just like that's a really interesting and different way of describing it that i hadn't heard before Mm. and i think it to me i think it really paints the picture very clear that it's not like turning into a different person it's like finally um feeling under- like yourself. Un- yeah feeling like yourself and being able to come into the person that you always that you are and that you always have been yeah right and i mean that's exactly what transitioning is about is really just like you know becoming who you are and living your life as authentically as you can which i think that that's where that sort of phrase even comes from like you know trans people wanting to live authentically is to just like uncover these parts of themselves and you know of course like i'm also speaking from my own experience of like this idea of becoming versus revealing but i do know that like that sort of idea of revealing for trans people at the same time is so important of like you know they're not even just revealing their identities to other people but also to themselves and like learning more Mm. about themselves so um it's a really rewarding process once like you know think like you get the ball rolling it's like the more you do the better you feel um and also the more you learn how to just like navigate the world as yourself and you know what that means um every day and like that is a whole change but it's so positive in the long run so yeah This might be a a bit of a tough question, depending on how it is for you. But um, I know you mentioned, you know, you are a white passing woman. Do you still feel or have you ever felt like there were spaces that are like off limits to you Mm. because of your transness? Well, I think like any i think right now i'm thinking of like any straight bar i feel so like alienated at even if it's just internal like oh my gosh like what am i doing here but i feel like 
um, just moments that are in like spaces that are so heteronormative where like I just sort of don't fit into that box even if I wanted to um, you know because at those places I'm more likely to get clocked meaning like someone might see that I'm trans or um, rather than like at a more queer space it's you know let's say someone does notice that I'm trans in some way however way that is like that isn't as unaccepted I'd say as being in a heteronormative mm. space so um, like I've definitely been in spaces where you know I'm with my cishet friends and like they're with theirs like I'm meeting them and like I just notice like oh like this person just realized what are they gonna do um and like maybe it's my voice whatever it means like sometimes I do feel the need to just like get out of there um but mm. um at the same time, that's why I also try to surround myself with, you know, queer people or people who really understand um, how to support a trans person, um, just to sort of, you know, make sure that I feel that I'm putting myself in spaces that are as accepting as possible, because I have experienced ones that aren't. Yeah. Yeah. What um, does that look like, at least in, for your friends? Um when you do end up in situations like that, what does supporting you mm-hmm. look like? Um, for me, it's like, I guess I'll like paint a picture of like, you know, let's say someone notices me, I would probably hesitate a little bit. Like, how do I even go about this? Do I even want to tell my friend? Like, I don't want to cause it like trouble by bringing attention to this. You know, it's almost like I'm shy to do it. But then once I do, like, what feels really great to me is when my friend says, oh, you know what, just, like, stand next to me and, like, we'll go, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll sort of navigate the space together um, so that I feel like I, I at least have one person on my arm and then I can just sort of put my focus in them. Um, you know, if anyone is giving looks or something, I don't have to pay attention if I'm just focusing on my friend. And if they offer that space to me as my friend, that's really important to me. So, yeah. I'm just being right there. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, honestly, like, I'll even text, like, Cass or, like, someone. Like, I know I've texted mm-hmm. Cass, like, if I've gotten misgendered, even if it's, like, an accident. I've texted Cass before being, like, I know this happens all the time to girls like us, but, like, this one like this one moment really impacted me. I'm already in a sensitive space and I know there's nothing we can do about it, but just wanted you to know so that you're there with me. Mm. Yeah. So for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely important to have that network Mm -hmm. of like the people that you know that you can always reach out to whenever anything happens for sure. Absolutely. I mean, goes for like anything in life, right? Like just any situation you're in in general, um, not just for trans people, but for trans people for sure <laughs> yeah and I, and I bet I it's imagine. and I bet it's super I don't want to say super different but just like extra important it like means a lot more when you can turn to someone who really like within themselves understands what you're saying to them and understands the feelings that you're going through because like try as we might like Aaron and I for yeah. example would never be able to understand what it's like to 
to be so affected by being to mis- live that experience yeah mm. or to like be misgendered for example like it, we you know we're not going to be able to understand how that feels necessarily the way that another trans person might so i can totally totally sympathize and understand how important it is to have that community of it of other trans women oh my gosh yes um i like i get texts all the time from a couple of my trans friends that are like oh my gosh i wish i had more trans friends where i live or like you know there's there's just this sort of camaraderie um in a perfect world that you know trans women like we all at the end of the day want to be there for each other and trans people um that's you know not to ignore the fact of course that i think as in all small communities including i'm sure the gay community like there are a lot of double standards and competition and like things like that of course um so i'm definitely not gonna like i'm that's definitely a huge piece but like once you find the like you know people the trans people who are you know really there for you like it really changes your whole world and like trans people i think really seek that out um for support when it's not competitive and everything <laughs> yeah are you telling me that every trans woman is not the perfect person and friend oh my, can you believe it <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> crazy right <laughs> i know it's okay. almost like you guys are regular people <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, one of my best friends, his name is Elliot. Um, I don't know if you guys know him since all queer people seem to like know (laughs) each other. (laughs) Um, I do know him. (laughs) Elliot is literally like, I mean, I met him almost a year ago and he's one of my closest friends who has just completely changed my world. Um, he was telling me about the book, The Velvet Rage, um, which is specifically... A, I need to read that. Oh, my God. L- literally, if I ever bring it up to some of my, like, gay male friends, they're like, oh, my God, I have to read that. Or, like, it's in my bookshelf, but I need to get to it. Um, Elliot was telling me about, like, it's a book about... Uh, I mean, I haven't read it either, but it's a book about, like... Let's book club it. I know, right? Oh, can we please? Oh, my God. How fun would that yeah. be? Um, but, like, it's about, like, competition or part of it is about competition in the gay community. And like, he was telling me about that and I definitely felt some parallels in the trans community. Um, and even just talking with my trans friends of like, you know, while all trans people's journeys are so unique, there is still like, you know, this idea of, well, how many, you know, Sorry, Elliot just texted me. I just got distracted for a second. Literally, as we're talking about him. Um, like, you know, how can, like, how many people can you be with romantically or, like, or have sex with? Or uh, if it's that, or, like, how, how many surgeries have you had? Not in the way of, like, adding them up or anything, but, like, oh, have you had everything done? Like, are you this, like, are you, like, the perfect image of, like, you know, whatever it is you're trying to be of, like, you know, having everything done. Um, There's definitely, like, this competition aspect um, in a lot of ways. Um, And I think some of my trans friends have said, like, it feels really catty among trans girls sometimes. Um, But at the end of the day, it's like we also all want to be there for each other. So navigating that, like, weird... Mm. realm of like you know we want to be there for each other but also like 
how do our insecurities as trans people come into play and like how can we acknowledge that and like I just want us all to be friends and like that <laughs> like that part that is like, I just want to bake a cake is- of literally sunshine and rainbows um, <laughs> that's reminding me about um like a a familial study that one of my friends i heard talk about once because she studied like children and like human growth and whatnot mm. and it reminds me of the this like study that they did on siblings where like when you're in the house and you're competing with your siblings for attention you're like fuck you like i'm gonna fight you like <laughs> i want all the attention from mom and dad mm-hmm. but then the second you're outside the house and someone kind of like threatens your family you're like absolutely not like that is not acceptable you cannot do that mm. and i feel like that's it, like yes. what you're describing is reminding me of that like you can kind of come for each other and of course there's going to be like there's going to be like the little cattiness but the mm-hmm. second it's like the outside community tries to come here you're like no, it's like no like you like you here. mess with her you mess with me exactly yeah. i love mm-hmm. that yeah and like you know i like thinking of this sort of like idea of competition even i like like if i'm out in public and like there are other trans girls there like it's hard not to compare myself sometimes um like if i see oh you know their boobs are bigger or like their voice is higher or like whatever it is superficially um but i think like as i know we were talking about way earlier is like transitioning is about finding what works for you and how to settle into yourself and like truth is like it's true that not all trans people want hormones, not all trans people want surgery. Um, like one of my one of my friends has like for for girls who don't want the surgery, which I'm not saying that this is like what we call it, but just what one of my friends has called it that's been helpful for me to like distinguish is like like just a non-op trans woman, meaning like non-op mm. like not pre-op, but like just I don't want it. Um, and like, I definitely resonate with that for sure. So then when I'm thinking about like, oh, comparing myself to other trans people as like, oh, this is the stereotype I need to fulfill in our community. I think about, well, if I were to have that, that wouldn't match me. So really Mm -hmm. the best thing to do for anyone is to just live your truth. Um, no matter what that means in your transition. So, yeah. So when you say non-op, do you use that kind of in place of where people may use pre-op or you just use it as like, I am, you're, you just use it to describe a trans person who hasn't had surgery. Who doesn't whether, want one? Yeah, or like whether or not they want it in the future or not. Um, mm. For me, I use it as someone who doesn't see themselves wanting it in the moment. Um, Mm -hmm. and of course, like, that's not to say that, you know, down the line, they might want it eventually. Um, but like, I think, you know, for me, it's been helpful because internally it it erases this idea of, oh, I'm not pre-op because, you know, like. In order to be a woman, mm -hmm. you have to have an operation. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Um, so yeah, yeah, exactly. So I hate... Yeah, I think that that's probably a very dangerous stereotype. It is. And I mean, like, then we think about how the government sees that as, like, you know, well, you're not a real woman yet if you haven't had the surgery, so can you 
change your name or your status. I know that like some states are different on that. Like we think about that and like bathrooms and like that whole thing. So, yeah. Is that how they decide if you can like change your gender or not? Is if it's if, 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 if surgery? Um, some, sex, I guess. some places are more like, you know, how long have you been living full time as they say some places are surgery or not um it definitely i believe it's more state by state um but yeah it's all state by state yeah um but like there's definitely still you know a lot of places where you need the surgery which is really scary because and really not affirming for people who need that legal change absolutely yeah i'm surprised to hear that it's surgery based and not like hormone based because i would i could i would at this point would be surprised if there were states that were like you have to have a certain number or like a certain number of surgeries or like a certain level quote unquote if you want to call it of surgery and not just like have you been on like hormone uh was it Replacement those old white men in power Uh well exactly then now we're thinking about the debate last night the old white men in power oh my god (laughs) um no exactly um i think that you know especially under the trump administration we take like we were taking a couple steps forward and then we just take a million steps back um and so even if you know let's say a lot of states wanted to do it where you just had to be out for for a certain amount of time if they wanted that then the trump administration is like mm, no um and like it's it's really frustrating for sure to like be a trans person in this climate even in mm-hmm. in many ways including that way so yeah yeah i'm excited that hopefully he'll be voted out because um i was thinking the other day of like you know, it's crazy that I haven't been out as a trans person, not under Trump. Like, imagine what it's like when it's that's, a better person. <laughs> that's wild. Right? That's like, really putting wild. that into perspective is so crazy for trans people coming out right now. So, yeah. Yeah, that must be kind of terrifying it is terrifying but i feel like be going through that now yeah or for any queer person right but like i think that's why right now it's like most important to create a really or at least i'm trying to create a really positive space on Mm. social media in some way or like yeah hold the queer people around you really closely and like you know like spread even more love than you would otherwise so yeah, I no, definitely but... want to talk to you about that a little bit. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. Because I I feel like you do a very very good job of like mm. curating that community on your on your social media. And, thank you. You know, just really radiating positivity and ah, thank I, you. I'm, I, I'm of the mindset because I also grew up like online and kind of came into my sexuality online. So like I'm of the belief that like you know these communities online. Can, create so much good they also of course don't want to negate the like negative communities that are fostered Mm -hmm. online but i I see it as so beneficial so i'm really curious about what your experiences have been like and i mean even you just saying like both times that you had your coming out first you came out online Mm -hmm. that's so wild yeah i mean like and also like imagine even just a couple decades before that like that wasn't even an option for 
queer people to come out online. Um, mm-hmm. Couple yeah. of decades. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, like, at the end of the day, I am. How long like, do you think this shit's been around? <laughs> like two, right? At the end of the day, like, I am technically, I mean, I'm a 97 kid, so I'm technically Gen Z cusp. So I am, like, born into, like, oh, social media, but, like, probably, like, I can't even answer that question when it came out. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I don't even know when Facebook came out. Um, but, like, I do remember when Instagram came out. But, um, yeah, I... Coming out as gay online was a little bit less complicated than coming out as trans online because at that point, all I was using was Facebook. Um, and then mm-hmm. when I came out as trans, Instagram was already a thing. Um and it was, you know, social media was really integrating itself into our world um, more than ever. And I actually looked towards social media for a lot of inspiration um, and a lot of, you know, I used it to find myself really. And that's actually, I believe I even wrote like an essay on it in college. Um, It was a class on social media and adolescence and like how, it was a really cool class, but, I remember like writing writing something and speaking to the professor after just talking about my experience with social media. I mean, I even chose my name based on, you know, someone I found on social media that I really resonated with. Oh, Madison with. Beer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you saw my post? Yeah. Ah! Yeah, that was like, um, it felt really good to share that like openly like that. Um, but you know, that's how social media, like, impacted me, is, like, I was able to connect with things and, you know, see things that I wouldn't have seen right in front of me, and that helped shape my journey for sure. Um, Learn more about what femininity meant in society, um, attach myself to styles I loved, find confidence, um, things like that. definitely a social media kid (laughs) yeah so um i think now though as social social media has changed a lot for me since i came out because now it's like rather than just a source of inspiration it's a source of love and positivity is what i'm trying to give off now and it's sort of like flipped around where like social media was giving me inspiration, how can I now turn that mm-hmm. around and give it back now that I'm almost five years as Madison? So um, I think social media is really powerful in that way. I think Adam, my cousin, would say the same thing. Um, he mm-hmm. built his entire activism world on social media and he sees it as a way to call people together. Um, and I couldn't agree more, as long as we're focusing on the positive aspects of social media, of course, and following positive people and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've definitely heard from other people, including trans people, that social media has actually had the opposite effect on them, um, which, I mean, I can only imagine. Um, so I feel really lucky that it impacted me in that way naturally and also it just like is a call to action for me that like we need to be using our social media even more positively then yeah yeah for sure um yeah 
So I'm, a, I'm assuming you mean when it's affected other trans women more negatively, that's in the whole like body image, body standards, mm-hmm. like beauty standards, things like that. Mm-hmm. Comparing yourself to others. Exactly. Comparison is a thief yeah. of joy, um, as we know. And I like that. Yeah. And like, I think not, I mean, we think about all teenagers and all people these days are, you know, social media as a source for comparison. Um, so even if everyone's doing that and then a trans person is trying to make their way and find themselves, like they feel it really heavily as well. Um, and I know that like that can be really intimidating and really hurtful for those queer people to experience that comparison in a world that frankly doesn't really want them, um, in like the cishet world, um, that we're trying to make our way into, um, or... Not into the cishet change. world. Yeah, change. We're there we change go. There we go. Shit. I was like, wait, my word. My We're word- not joining that. My wording was not good there. Wait. <laughs> um, <laughs> I knew what you meant. Don't yeah. Worry. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, we're trying to change it. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, social media has, has impacted me a lot. Um, and we have to make sure it keeps impacting people positively. Yeah. Well, it's it's great to have you out there as someone who is of that mindset and wants to curate th- their social media to be that kind of space. So I think that's something that we all collectively should try to. It's I think it's an interesting trend almost that I've seen over the past few years too, where it's almost this call to like stop following celebrities and stop following mm. these people who are just pushing this unrealistic thing and start following the people who mm. inspire you a little bit because it's like that's what's gonna. That's the more positive aspect of social media in my mind. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. I, t- I totally agree. I almost like think negatively of people, not of people, but like of the idea of like just following someone you don't know or don't have any connection to or hasn't done anything, but you follow them just because you think they're really hot. Mm, see, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, do, I mean, I don't want to yuck anybody else's yum. I think everybody should do whatever the fuck they want to do, but... I think do whatever's going to make you happy on social media as right. long as it's making you happy to follow that yeah. hot person. It's all very and not subjective. You unhappy. Yeah, yeah, right. Of yeah. course. I just think it's a I think it's a telling uh action. Mm, and Matt's getting a little judgy. <laughs> but I think it can tell a lot of different things, you know? I think it can it can say good things, it can say bad things, it can say like this is just what I like to look at and I mm. think it can also say you know, this is what I am aspiring to be and it might not ever be possible. So I'm just flooding my page with things that are people that I will never meet a, a type yeah. of body I'll never have. Mm. Um, so so there, there's good and bad to it, but I think totally. <laughs> yeah. That's, this is like a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, no, I, I completely agree. Like, um, I, I, I think also the, sort of relationship I have with social media now is also in part based on the fact that like I am very particular about who I fill like my space with or or, like the people I follow not in terms of anything but just like social media can get really overwhelming and you can compare yourself I'm not saying I never do I definitely do Um, but I think what's really helped me is just like understanding that like you know what like Actually, you know what, Cass taught me this, which is like, um, 
when you open your phone and you open Instagram or Twitter, whatever you use, it's like, that's part of your own space and your mental space. And mm-hmm. like, it's really, it's almost like an act of self love to be able to be like, you know what, like I'm going to fill this with people I want to have energy exchanges with or people I'm inspired by or things like that. Um, and that really impacts the way social media affects you, I think. Um, totally. It's been really helpful to that's me. A cool way to, that's yeah. a cool way to think about it. Yeah. Also, I, like I couldn't help but notice, is your shirt from ACT UP? It is. Ah, I love it. Oh, my God. I was. I saw, like, the top of the pink triangle. I was like, I have uh-huh. to ask. Oh, my God. I love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, it is. It is. Yes. I mean... Even just, like, thinking of that now, right? Like, the way social media has changed how organizations use, like, you know, connect to people and, like, create moments. Like, it's completely changed everything. Um, And, yeah. So. Literally everything. I mean, literally everything. Like, um, our world is really adapting to social media as the center nowadays. Yeah. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, ACT UP was an organization started um, kind of like at the beginning of the AIDS crisis. Um, and it was basically just a collective of people to fight against AIDS when HIV and AIDS, when the government was ignoring the entire epidemic. Mm-hmm. So anyway, just gonna, just going to throw that in there a little bit. Yeah, people yeah. who don't know, like... Um... I think everyone should know ACT UP and or if and get themselves familiar with organizations like that that are so important. I learned, all, honestly, all of that from my cousin, like, years ago. Really? Yeah, I mean, he introduced me to so many of those things, and, like, he really has shaped my world like that. Um, and Gays Against Guns in New York, um, mm-hmm. I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of. Um, you know, I also have gotten acquainted with the intersex community and intersex organizations just by, you know, being around Adam and his connections to them and like really brought my awareness to them. Um, and different trans organizations, trans law center. I'm a huge fan of, um, you know, I think also for any, for any allies who are listening or watching, I think that like a really great way to, you know, make, an effect change is like not just talk to people who aren't like you, but also, you know, get involved with some of these organizations and like see what they're about and see their, their missions and what they do. And that can really help inform what the queer community is all about for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I totally agree. And I think learning the history of those organizations and the history of the people that you are or of the queer community and of the different facets of the queer community is super important. And we don't want to forget any of that because yeah. that's going to shape where we go. Completely. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, and that's why voices Four is a really great one to be interested in. If you want, <laughs> <laughs> um, bringing it back, bringing it back. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it's just like, Social media has definitely changed how queer people navigate the world, for sure. That's why we got to make it as positive as we can. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it has a huge role. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so 
I can't even imagine how much it's affecting the kids who are like really young right Can now. Can you imagine? Like, that. oh my god! No. Like, not only having TikTok. <gasps> I know, and like people who are using social media, you know, as they're coming out now and right now, while everything feels like it's uncertain in the world or specifically yeah. in our country, and like, you know, it, I can't even imagine. But also, I think it shows their strength truly um and how much you know they can take and and i'm inspired by that for sure um yeah i can't imagine we should all be inspired by each other and for all our different like experiences with how our queerness has been policed or um oppressed in their in our own ways and our own Mm -hmm. stories for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you inspire me. Oh my God, stop. Ah, thank you. Seriously. <laughs> thank you. Um, it, like, yeah. thank you. Um, I, it's like, you know, it's so interesting that I think about just like as a, as a thought just now is like social media. It's so like, sometimes like, I mean, you're not, you're not seeing the people you're impacting right in front of you. So like, to me, yeah. it's just like, I'm like, you know, curating what I post and stuff, but then, like, it's it's so crazy whenever even, like, one person is, like, that inspires me, because it just, like, blows my mind that I can have that impact on, like, one person, so thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, um, what are you, what, what are you pursuing in LA? What do you want to do? What's the end goal? Oh my gosh. How are you going to take over the world? Oh my god. <laughs> um, How can we help? Like, <laughs> Matt, she also just modeled for coach. <laughs> Thank oh my yeah. god! Thanks. Yeah, not cash. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, credit, credit only, no cash. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. Thanks. <laughs> you know, I am like still so young. I just turned twenty three, um, and I mm-hmm. think like right now, what I do know is I want to make an impact on social media, whether it be on my own page or in a way where I can help some company or organization like with mm-hmm. how they view queerness on social media um i definitely want to pursue something like that um either way it's guided by being authentic and social media and how those combine which i'm sure my cousin adam would say the same thing who i modeled for coach with um that's just nope. like yeah that's really just, are the dynamic duo like you said <laughs> period um (laughs) uh, but yeah like i I think like that's what i want to i want to make change in whatever way that means on social media um and that's why i'm here in la well not why i'm here in la but that's what i'm doing here in la (laughs) yeah what's been your favorite quarantine show that you've watched Oh my god! Um, there has, well, it's been like seven months now, right? So there are like I, know. I feel like I've gone through so many and forgot about so many <laughs> that I've watched. Um, well, I think like right now, Elliot's trying to get me to watch Pen Fifteen, and I haven't watched it yet. Um, and I'm trying to trying to watch Ratchet. Yeah, that, 
Um, mm-hmm. And I'm trying to finish Euphoria. I feel like I cannot believe I haven't uh, finished it. I can, I know. You- <laughs> cancel me, please. Please cancel me. Please cancel me. Please cancel right, me. We are, I'm deleting this Yeah, interview's over. Ray, <laughs> never happening. Ray, Canceled. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't blame you. Well, you know what? How far are you? Um, uh, oh, you, if I tell you, you're going to be really upset. <laughs> Okay, have so you, you at, just okay. started late. It's have okay. you at least you started? started. Oh, I've started. Yes, I'm like okay, two. Epi- okay. I'm like two episodes in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what? Actually, something that has that I've watched during quarantine that's really impacted me. It's not a TV show, but it's um, it's a film, which is Disclosure. Um, mm, and Disclosure say has absolutely just like when I first watched it, blew my mind. Um, just seeing that representation on screen. Um, like, there were parts that I had to, like, rewind and watch again. <laughs> like, because I was like, did they really just say that, like, on a Netflix film? And that's incredible. Um, and, like, mm. that's brought me a lot of comfort during quarantine, for sure. Also, this finished before quarantine, but I've rewatched it a number of times, is Pose. Um, yes, I love Pose. Um, love. I know Pose has you know, like same same feelings go for Pose as it does for Disclosure. Like it's just crazy yeah. to see, you know, trans people of color specifically being represented on screen on a huge network, and like even not just trans people of color, but also like I remember you know Pray Tell and Ricky being to openly HIV positive black men, mm-hmm. like black male characters mm-hmm. on screen making love, like that scene absolutely just blew my mind as well um, that we can now have yeah. that. Um, and It's about damn time. It's about damn time, but you know what? Like, I'm so happy we're seeing it and I'm so happy mm-hmm. that like it's, it's happening. Uh, I think more people who aren't in the queer world need to like start watching it because I've noticed that once I bring it up to yeah, like yeah. non-queer people or like cishet people, um, they're like, wait, I've never seen that. Like, what is that? Yeah. Um, it's yeah. like recu- required viewing for sure. Required, yeah. <laughs> Rapid fire, last three questions. Okay. First off, what, what advice do you have for anyone listening or what advice would you give to your younger self? Mm. That you haven't already, because you've given a lot of good stuff yeah, in you this have, episode. Yeah. You should oh start god. charging. Oh my god, thank you. I'm I'm glad that I've been able to like share things that you guys love too. Um, something that I've really stuck by with um, throughout, even my like, when I was younger, and that I talk about now um, is like you can do anything you set your mind to. You just have to want it badly enough, including mm. in your transition. Like, the only things and the only people that are going to tell you you can't are people outside of you and people who don't understand. Um, and whatever you want, you can achieve that. You just have to, you have to go for it. And like, um, and I'm learning that going for it is also an act of self-love, too. So, um Mm. Yeah, so definitely that is my piece of advice for people listening. Love that. Thank you. I love that. <laughs> what is the gayest thing you did this week? The gayest thing <laughs> I did this week? Um, oh my god. Okay, the gayest thing I did this week, oh, I know, was get my nails done, the trans flag. That was so fun. Mm. Um, I feel like that was the best, most gay thing I did. Um, 
aside from just being myself, because I feel like these days all I talk about is being trans and that's enough for me. Well, like that, that counts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Aaron, what's the nah, gayest what thing you, oh. Aaron, you go oh. next. <laughs> Um, I got called a faggot by a stranger. <laughs> no. That's pretty gay. <laughs> it is pretty gay. Oh my god. And I was I was kind of, I'm not gonna lie, like, it, it was a little shook in the moment, but then when it was over, I was like, I'm with my boyfriend, we're not even holding hands, and you didn't even call us faggots, you just, like, looked at me and <laughs> called me a faggot. Like, I am offended that you couldn't have done, you could have done so much more with this and you wasted your opportunity. Could have done better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, that's crazy. Damn. Wow. I know. I was like, this hasn't happened in like four years. I can't Thank believe we're god. still doing this, but whatever. Wow. wow. Aaron, what about you? Come on, you well, knew this question was coming. <laughs> I know I did. Uh, every week. Um, Tim is visiting right now, one of our friends from college. Hi, Tim. He just got to LA. And just reliving the the college glory days i feel like has been pretty pretty rainbow oh my god that's incredible well yeah hi tim if you're listening (laughs) or if you're in the next room hello he's out to dinner right now i was like get out of here i was like didn't want him (laughs) eavesdropping he's gonna have to tune in like everybody else (laughs) (laughs) and then uh, the last question uh but we've already talked about so many organizations organizations today but it was just to highlight an organization that is near and dear to your heart um voices for is the easy answer um but i would also love to say um you know gays against guns i think is absolutely fantastic um and that's an organization that I think deserves even more attention than it's already been getting um, and is so powerful. Um, and it's about exactly what the what their name is, which is Gays Against Guns, Queer People Against Guns. So. Madison, where can everybody find you? You can find me at on all platforms, but specifically Instagram, at Madison N. Werner um, is my username. Werner with an E, not an A. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find me and I hope you love it. <laughs> I don't know. I, that, like, I don't know. <laughs> You're doing great, honey. Thank you. you so are. are you. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Of Seriously. Your expertise. I was so Seriously, happy to be thank here. Thank you so much. Incredible story. I'm glad that you had me on here and that I could share things you love to hear. I love that. <laughs> now the next step is our book club. <laughs> oh my God, I know. And I, we should honestly loop Elliot into that, although he's already read it, but we can, so totally. we can have a whole moment. This is going to be so great. <laughs> can we do it in December when I'm done with exams so I can like, can, I can be a part of it? Yes. When Zoom classes <laughs> are no longer a thing, that's when we'll start. Aaron, where can everybody find you? You can find me everywhere at Aaron Idelson and Matthew. Find me everywhere at Maddie Roar. And our Instagram for the podcast is Queering the AirPod. I love that name so <laughs> much. Remember to oh my God. Subscribe on your platforms and rate us five stars. Okay. <laughs> That's all the plug in. Yay. <laughs> Thanks Amazing. again, Madison. Of course. We thank love you. you. I'm obsessed with you. you officially. So. <laughs> <laughs> thank you.